most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report <laughs> with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Yes, indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jim Ross Report podcast. Uh, I got a little slobber knocker audio for you this week. A big week, a lot of things going on. Uh, I'll be talking to ProWrestling.net's creator, founder, and head honcho, Jason Powell, here a little bit later in the program. About a lot of things to cover, including uh, this weekend's Hell in a Cell, the All-In event, uh, Ring of Honor, and what he perceives, I think, is some unique perspective of what issues they may be facing that no one's talking about. So we'll have that uh, a little bit later on the show, and I certainly appreciate you guys being here. I want to say, first of all, real quickly, that uh, my thoughts are with those in jeopardy from uh, Hurricane Florence. I have so many wonderful friends, uh, business associates uh, that live in that part of the world that I'm just I'm thinking about all you guys. Be safe. Don't try to be John Wayne. Just try to be safe and protect your family. And if that means uh, leaving your homestead, you know, so be it. Kind of knew what coming along with the territory when he bought down there, right? It's a beautiful country, but we, it's like our tornadoes in Oklahoma. It, just, it goes to the territory. It just goes with it. So thoughts are with all you guys facing a hurricane Florence. And remember this mother nature doesn't do any jobs. She always gets her hand raised. Don't buck the system. But for now here, ladies and gentlemen, here's what's on my mind. Certainly one thing that's on my mind is a project that Paul O'Brien are undertaking to write a sequel to Slobberknocker, my life in wrestling. Uh, a lot of big uh, planning ongoing this week, strategy sessions, uh, meetings. We're going to really, I think this book probably has a chance uh, to be more compelling because of simply the timeline that we'll be focusing on on this book. It will pick up uh, after uh, Rock Austin won at WrestleMania and uh, move the timeline forward, which includes a lot of things uh, in WWE, my business life and my personal life. Uh, certainly uh, foremost losing my wife, Jan, last year. So it'll be a very compelling book. Uh, it's got a lot of lessons in it. And uh, I think some of those lessons I learned along the way have kind of helped me keep my sanity. If uh, not, That might be an eye-rolling statement, by the way, as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, uh, you can go to Amazon.com and order Knocker, My Life in Wrestling. Uh, it's still in, in the hardcover. And the audio book, the e-book's available, Amazon.com. Still selling like crazy. And every appearance we make, we take our, the books and, and, and sell them and sign them. And it just it's always a joy to see people. A lot of people just bring their books they've already bought, and I sign them for them. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Amazon.com can get it to you in a matter of minutes, seemingly. Uh, I want to thank the folks in New York City at Westwood One. Uh, a lot of really good people, Tim Savian, uh, Kelly Hurley. Susie Schultz, Suzanne Grimes, and many others too numerous to name. Uh, a big trip last week to New York City where I represented the wrestling podcast arm of the network, which if you haven't subscribed or, or download, I should say, the 
Westwood One podcast app. You should. I'll tell you about that later in the show. Uh, but I was there to talk about uh, no better time to invest in wrestling. And I'm going to approach that with Jason as well a little bit, maybe in a different context. But when you think about uh, people looking to create opportunities within the space of pro wrestling, is there has there ever been a better time? The need for content, the content uh, servers, uh, all the all the people that are, that are that need uh, TV and audio programming. I think not. I think it's the time for it. So uh, we talked about that uh, also with our friends uh, Dave Lagreca and uh, Bully Ray, Bubba Ray Dudley, uh, last week. Appreciate always appreciate uh, seeing those guys. They're big fans of of we're fans of each other. And they do a great job. That's one of the points I made about the wrestling business. The wrestling business is a, is an amazing investment now for a lot of us in different ways. Uh, but uh, Busted Open is a great example of that. They started out one day a week, maybe an hour a week. It was just, it was just a you know kind of a drive by. And then they went to three days a week. I was there for that. And now they're on every day. On Sirius XM channel ninety three, and they do a hell of a job. A great guests, you know, uh, Bubba and Mark Henry s- switch off there with uh, on the days at, uh, at behind the mic with Dave, Alex Metz, their producer. They do a great job. So uh, check them out. But my point was, they wrestling is so hot, it's so popular that fans finally now have op- options. Fans that wait, we have waited for years and years to have a voice. Uh, to have options to explore our creativity and ask questions and learn. And now there are plenty of them. And it's just continuing to cultivate uh, a long-standing audience that you find this out, I'll tell you, and I tell my sponsors this, and they, they agree, We there are no better and more loyal fans than wrestling fans. The salt of the earth. I believe that with all my heart. Well, I guess we struck a little emotional chord regarding Becky Lynch because I we sent out a tweet last week with a soundbite. Producer Ted did, and uh, it uh, about the her early rise, the early rise of Stone Cold. How Becky kind of reminded me her feel, her, uh, her 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 persona of Steve Austin being that anti-establishment, uh, defiant type character. And we had sixty thousand views on Twitter for that. It's a lot in my book. And it was even retweeted by Stone Cold and uh, Becky themselves, which we appreciate. You know, I this past week, the uh, 9-11 observance, I remember where we were, 9-11 in Houston, getting ready to do SmackDown on a Tuesday night. We finally did it live live on Thursday night. Uh, but I saw where uh, Zelina Vega, or on a Lillian uh, Lillian Garcia podcast was talking about, uh, her memories of her dad who got, who was killed in these terrorist attacks of nine 11. And I really have a lot of respect for her and she's living the dream for her and her dad. There's nothing better than that in the whole world than, than living your dream through a parent or someone close to you. And she's doing that. So, uh, more power to her. I've always thought she has a, she has a great look, huh? God Lord. But, uh, I'm pleased, pleased that WWE honored her father and his memory more specifically with Zelina uh, this week on online. Well, I see where Bobby Lashley's Lash got a new hype, man. I'll tell you this. Bobby's a, a good heel. Maybe a better heel than a baby face. I don't know. Depends on how you book and how they executed. 
the deal with uh, Leo Rush being his hype man, it's, he's a manager. Paul Heyman is an advocate. He's really a manager. But it's new. It's a different term. It's more updated, I guess. So that's all that matters, I guess. The idea is new, but the question is always going to be, will it work? I hope so. To be determined, right? Uh, but here's the thing. Baby faces, fan favorites, heroes, protagonists, whatever you want to call them, do not generally need managers or hype men or advocates. Just saying. It's very rare that that occurs. So hope it works. I like Bobby Lashley. Good man. Uh, Impact Wrestling, uh, Raphael Murphy, my uh, own road producer, babysitter, extraordinaire, is down in Mexico City this week uh, to produce some TV for Impact Wrestling. Keith Mitchell in the truck, an old friend from WCW, and even at uh, World Class. Keith's been doing wrestling for a long time. He's real good at it. He's about as good as I know. And so they'll be down there to do some shows uh, out of Mexico City, I'm assuming. So uh, look forward to that on, uh, on your weekly episodes of Impact Wrestling. The tickets, I'm told, for the 70th anniversary show of the NWA taking place on Sunday, uh, October 21st in Nashville at the fairgrounds. It's a joint production uh, by Billy Corgan and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, tickets go on sale on Friday the 14th of September. That's this Friday night or Friday. I thought this was kind of cool. The lowest ticket price is $19.48. $19.48 to commemorate the year the NWA started. Thought it was kind of cool. Good marketing. And by the way, if you want to go to that event in Nashville, where I'm assuming it'll be why no brainer booking, Cody Rhodes defending his NWA title against uh, uh, Nick Aldis, who took he took it from it all in. Tickets go on sale uh, Friday, and the ticket uh, information is NWA70, the number 70.com. NWA70.com. Ring of Honor's got some tickets going on sale. Trying to help all these guys as best we can. Trying to help the wrestling business. I'm not sure my peers do this enough on podcasts. They're too busy being paranoid and making sure their ass is covered. Uh, but Ring of Honor's got their, their final battle at Hammer, Hammerstein Ballroom, New York City, Friday, December 14th. They go on sale on Friday the 14th of September as well at ringofhonorwrestling.com. Good brand of wrestling. We'll talk more about Ring of Honor uh, later in the show with Jason Powell. Uh, I see where PW Insider, Mike Johnson, they sure do a hell of a job at their site. They're reporting that WWE is looking for a uh, access venue uh, in the New York City, in the New York area for WrestleMania week. And uh, looking at several very interesting candidates for access. I can tell you that uh, thanks to Raphael's efforts, we have already have our venue. We're going to be at the Opry City Stage. In Times Square, Offrey City Stage in Times Square, uh, we're, we're, we have holes in the, on the on the room on Friday and Saturday midday. So I think it's going to be real good good spacing for us for our shows. Uh, no, but we don't know what kind of shows we're going to have yet. We've got the venue, though, damn it. Uh, by the way, this is uh, uh, walking distance to the WrestleCon. It's uh, walking distance to MSG Supercard on Saturday. And... Uh, you know, and it's got plenty of uh, public transportation. So we're working on the concepts, but uh, it's going to be a good location. Check it out online, Offrey City Stage 
in Times Square. Friday and Saturday of WrestleMania week. Uh, I'm happy to be going to uh, WrestleCade. I've been asked to go there a few times. Just never had the, the opportunity. Uh, and I'll be in uh, WrestleCade in Winston-Salem uh, on Thanksgiving weekend on Saturday from 10 in the morning till 3 in the afternoon, supporting Headlock on Hunger. I'll be joined by my esteemed and more talented than I partner, Jerry Lawler. Some unique uh, photo ops for, with Jr. and the King. Love to see you there. Uh, my share is going to help Headlock on Hunger, which is a good thing. I got a text uh, Wednesday morning from uh, Lee, uh, Jesse White, Leon White, the Vader, Big Van Vader's son, and they uh, sent me information that Leon's memorial service is going to be on Saturday, September 29th at the University of Colorado uh, Champion Center uh, at 1 o'clock in, in uh, Boulder. And uh, guests are welcome. The Jericho Cruise is right around the corner. Slobberknocker at sea, ladies and gentlemen. Miami to the Bahamas. 75 cabins are left. That's it. That's, this has been a hell of a successful promotion. 75 cabins are left. For the cruise of Jericho, of course, chrisjerichocruise.com has all the information. Jump on those few cabins that are left. Join us. The King and I will be the host of that cruise. Hey, there's going to be some great wrestling on that thing, man. Really some really great alpha, the Alpha Omega tag match, the rivalry of uh, the Winnipeg's, Winnipegians, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Young Bucks, there's some this great, great Ring of Honor guys. I think some Impact guys. I'm excited about it. So it's uh, going to be good. Going to be good. So ChrisJerichoCruise.com, 75 cabins left. I think you'll have a blast. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Congratulations, John Hennigan. Many of you know that he's going to be on the latest uh, season of CBS's Survivor. Begins on the 26th of September, Wednesday night, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central. Support John. Good boy. Good man. Newlywed. Baby needs new shoes. And with that, ladies and gents, again, thanks for being with us. And that was What's On My Mind. Hey, don't forget, uh, if you're an uptown, uh, technologically sound individual, unlike moi, uh, that if you uh, are using Amazon Alexa, I hope you will... Simply go to enable the skill by saying, Alexa, enable the Jim Ross Report skill. And after it's been enabled, all you got to do is say, Alexa, play the Jim Ross Report. Somebody sent me a tweet the other day that they were listening to my this podcast when I talked about this matter. They had it on a speaker, and it made their uh, – it, it activated the system. <laughs> Crazy. Modern times. And uh, Google Home users, you know, you're not left out. Uh, you can't be first. You can be next. Just to say, okay, Google, talk to the Jim Ross Report. Or, okay, Google, speak to the Jim Ross Report. And you're uh, you're in tall cotton. All right. So, uh, Slavonocker of the Week. Interesting array. A lot of American football candidates from our crack staff, uh, Raphael and producer Ted, I, I and I, and they're all good, good stuff here. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the late Burt Reynolds, icon in television and movies. I remember him being on Gunsmoke as a young twenty-something-year-old guy. Look, twenty-something. 
He played a Native American in a lot of movies. Uh, but Bert was a big wrestling fan. Uh, and, of course, when you grow up in Florida, with all the great Florida championship wrestling heritage and, and history, it's hard not to be a wrestling fan in that era. Bert was at Florida State alumnus. Pretty damn good running back until he got all banged up. So uh, we certainly are wish our thoughts and, and, and prayers with his family. You know, this is a third. They say it comes in threes, right? The third WrestleMania alumni, Burt was at WrestleMania 10, who recently passed away, including Aretha Franklin and Robin Leach. Big impact. And uh, it's funny that Burt got a booking late in life, got a role, got a booking for an old guy. He showed the world he could still deliver in the movie Boogie Nights. Hell of a, hell of a film. And I, I loved him in Deliverance. Uh, I loved him in The Longest Yard, maybe most of all. But uh, condolences to Burt Reynolds, the late Burt Reynolds, a candidate for Slobberknocker of the Week. I thought about uh, also in here Aaron Rodgers. My God, what a game. He, he, his team's down 20 to nothing. Shame on the Bears. And Rodgers, uh, you know, he got hurt. He missed three series. Uh, you know, his knees bothered. He couldn't get his legs under him when he came back. But he threw three second-half touchdowns to Lee Green Bay to a 24-23 win Saturday night. Sunday night, excuse me. Amazing. And he needs to have a big year because he came off. A, he's coming off a very injury-riddled 2017. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, newcomer, somewhat newcomer, I think his second year now, Pat Mahomes out of Texas Tech, saw him play in the Big 12 for several times. He's with the Chiefs, young quarterback, they knew what they were doing. They traded Alex Smith, apparently. He's got Mahomes that throws four touchdowns, no interceptions, and a road win over uh, the more favored, apparently by the media, L.A. Chargers. Oh, they're a division foes, by the way. Uh, the quarterback in Tampa Bay, Ryan Fitzpatrick, goes in. He's seven for Jameis Winston. He's probably on a shopping spree to buy crab legs someplace. Uh, but he throws four touchdowns, no interceptions to defeat the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. I know my buddies, my Southern Cal buddies, uh, Arash Marchese and uh, Jacob Ullman, they're my, my, my peeps in the L.A. area, Southern California. They're alumnus, distinguished alumnus, highly regarded, highly thought of individuals. They love Sam Darnold's success, Southern Cal alum. Is he a, I guess he's not an alum, is he? He didn't graduate yet. Hell, he's like 19 or something. He looks like he should be. If they did a remake of Mayberry, Sam Darnold would be good somewhere in that cast. His hair. He looks like he could be Andy Griffith's great grandson or something. Good night for him. Not a good night for Matthew Stafford, who's only making a zillion dollars a year. Slaver Knock of the Week, ladies and gentlemen, this week goes to our guest next week in this program, the lovely and talented Renee Young. She'll be celebrating her birthday with us next week on the show when it drops on Wednesday. And she is the first female to ever uh, uh, have the recognition of getting a full-time at-the-table ringside gig uh, for Monday Night Raw, the flagship of WWE. Very smart uh, young woman. She's going to get really good. More on her soon in the show. Uh, And Jonathan Coachman is going to be hosting the uh, pay-per-view pregames. 
big panel discussion. So uh, I think they're both put in great positions to be successful. And that's what smart management does, right? That's what smart bookers do. You figure out the strengths and identify the weaknesses of your talents, and you put them in spots where those weaknesses can be more or less uh, ignored, not focused upon, and you, you magnify the strengths. So I think the good, good hires, good moves by WWE all the way around. Win-win for me. And so uh, Renee will be our guest here next week on the show. We look forward to talking to her. And uh, we have a little, co- little bit in common because I spent some time at that same table. Looking forward to speaking to her about that. So Renee Young, ladies and gentlemen, until she is better paid and gets a better birthday gift than I'm about to give her right here, is this week's Slobber Knocker of the Week. It's Slobber Knocker good! <laughs> hey, folks, don't forget, as I mentioned earlier, you can get the Slobber Knocker of my life in wrestling. It's been number one in this category for a year and a half now, so I'm very, very grateful. It's uh, If you haven't read it, check it out. Amazon.com can take care of you. And uh, or some of my shows I do, you can c- catch us there. But during football season, I'm kind of backing away from the, the road shows. I'm certainly going to be on the cruise, the Jericho cruise, coming up soon. So uh might be something to think about. Amazon.com, they can get it to you in a day or two, really. And uh, it's a hell of a read. We're proud of it. And it's in my, my late wife Chan's memory. So uh, check that out if you get, t- get a chance. Now, this is a very prestigious award, ladies and gentlemen, because it's starting to make headlines across the country. There could be a TV show named after it. There could be a lot of things. We just don't know. And everything I just said is bullshit. Uh, but nonetheless, it's time for the coveted Pet Coon Goofy Award. Apparently, they have a pet raccoon that got into their mess. Well, there's a lot of dumbasses out there. And there's a lot of people that need to reevaluate their stance. But nonetheless, uh, this has been an interesting weekend. The NFL, some of the games have been pet coon goofy. There's no doubt. The product is not up to speed, in my view. And I'm a big, big NFL fan. I have the the DirecTV Sunday ticket. I'm all in. All in, baby. But the game has not been pretty. Uh, and I think some of that can be attributed to the fact that the players in the in the search for he- good health and safety are not do- getting enough work in the summertime. And, you know, guys that don't take snaps, guys that aren't on the field, you're being protected. I understand the protection theory, but it does affect the game the first few weeks of the season. I don't think that's a good thing for the consumer who's paying big money, big money, for a football ticket to have to wait till uh, the first 20 or 30% of the season is over before the game gets good. Makes no sense. That is really pet coon goofy. Another thing is pet coon goofy. It also affects the NFL. Seven coaches, I think, I think seven coaches. Uh, the coaches debuting with new teams went 0 and 7 in week one. Week one. John Gruden included in that group, big money. Uh, then got out coached. And I like Gruden. I love his personality. And man, what's going on? Former New England defensive coordinator Matt Patricia. I'm not big on the cat backwards. I'm not big on the, on the pencil in his ear. Those are gimmicks, are personal gimmicks. It's not about Matt Patricia. It's about making the Detroit Lions respectable. And they allegedly, and I think they do, had the quarterback to make that happen. 
So we'll see how that all those pieces come together. But uh, I just think Matt Patricia's uh, appearance, his presentation more specifically, uh, needs to be rethought a little bit. And I know I'm old school. I'm not asking the guy to shave. I'm not asking him to get a, a, a burr haircut like he's going to the military. Just something about him that didn't look quite regal enough to be a head coach. Something. I don't know. I'm pissing people off, but I can't help it. That's just my, my take on it. I know he's a good coach. How could he be making millions of dollars if he can't coach? But he ain't no Belichick. Uh, the seven-and-a-half-hour game that the NFL played, the Dolphins and the Titans played, you know, the thunder, lightning d- delays, stormy weather, uh, not a stormy Daniels, but a stormy weather, uh, longest NFL game ever played. Seven plus hours. And to think people bitch about a three hour raw. Dolphins, by the way, won that game 27 to 20 uh, over the Tennessee Titans. Des Bryant needs to be censored. Another NFL headline, Fet Coon Goofy, going to Twitter, knocking the Cowboys, uh, who cut him in April. They drafted him, made him millions of dollars. So now he's, he's, he's uh, knocking them after he got cut. A lot of politicking, but if you knock your your old team that has you had a great run with, and he did, he's a hell of a player. He's probably still a hell of a player. Why would another team, seeing his loyalty level, why would they want to bring him in their locker room? Bad, bad uh, execution by Dez. So, uh, but he can still play, but he's not doing himself any favors when he shares his feelings on Twitter regarding employment. And I'm thinking that the, uh, the pet coon goofy award goes to a small group of wrestling fans who thought when I talked about Cody and the bucks, uh, not going, not being available in my opinion, I was asked a direct question by Dave LaGreca or maybe it was bully Ray on busted open about, uh, do I think that they'll be available for the uh, ring of honor in Japan show at the garden on uh, in April of 2019, I simply said no. Too much money. New players that are coming to play, I think. Uh, a lot of buzz. And I just believe that they are in a position to capitalize and, and enhance and, and elevate their earnings immensely. So it doesn't necessarily have to be WWE. It could be a combination of things. It could be a new company on the horizon. I just think the odds are that they'll be doing something else other than what they're doing right now by April of 2019. And that's not a knock on anybody. And there's ways you can do the math. I heard uh, Bubba and Dave talking about, uh, you know, how the salaries work at WWE and, and this type of thing. Uh, I've hired a lot of guys that I paid less than a downside guarantee than they were making in WW, WCW. A lot of them. That's why we didn't hire a lot of those guys. They have big money coming and, we're not going to break our bank and, and break our, our budget model to uh, accommodate, uh, you know, uh, uh, what we thought was an inflated salary to start with. You can earn more, but you can't be guaranteed more. I remember Ray Mysterio was that way. We talked about that on the podcast, I think. He was making more money at WCW as a, on a guarantee. That's, that was it. Not almost like being on a salary. I don't like that. Wrestlers should be incentivized, if that's a word. So like a salesman. The more that you produce, the more you make. Not a bad theory. 
but I, I think some of the fans that took me to task on that, uh, I'm protecting WWE. I didn't even mention WWE in this situation. There's more fish to fry than out of the WWE river. Think about it. You're, if you're if you're a wildcatter and you want a wildcat like the old, old guys do, speculate, and you want to do it in wrestling, that, that space, just saying, that might be the time to do it. So some fans that uh, took me to task on Twitter, I didn't block any of them. I don't think I even responded to any of them. But they thought I was simply talking about WWE, and I was not talking about them exclusively whatsoever, but they're certainly at play. Nobody can match their money if they choose to commit the funds. End of story. Case closed. Some fans are just simply, at times, God bless you all. Bless your heart. Pet Coon Goofy. Because you are one lousy son of a This is always a fun segment because it brings back a lot of memories of when I was a kid, when I was a young wrestling fan. I'm not a kid anymore. I am an old wrestling fan, uh, without a doubt. And it's just fun to go back and look at this week in wrestling. 55 years ago, 1963, in the Garden, Gorilla Monsoon, Hans Mortier, defeated, listen to this team, Bruno San Martino and Bobo Brazil in a two out of three fall tag team match. I suspect they were leading to a Bruno versus monsoon match or Mortier match. But, uh, it's not often that Bruno didn't get his hand raised in the garden. It happened, but not a lot. 21 years ago, two young dudes, future hall of famers in my view, uh, were competing at the WCW fall brawl pay-per-view in Winston Salem. Or I'll be Thanksgiving weekend uh, with Jerry Lawler at uh, Russell Cade. Uh, they had a hell of a match. Eddie defeated Jericho for the cruiserweight title. 17 years ago, 2001, it was the first Raw, folks, after 9 11. Uh, and it, we, had, we had it in Nashville. Big night for the Dudleys. They defeated Undertaker and Kane for the WWE tag team titles. Big win. Uh, one of those uh, check-the-box wins for the Dudleys in their Hall of Fame career. 16 years ago in Denver in 2002 on Monday Night Raw, Chris Jericho defeated RVD for the Intercontinental title. I always thought those guys had good matches. They paired up well, good chemistry, good synergy, and both are hell of workers. You know, great talents, great talents. Uh, the... In 2004, the Evolution faction was disintegrating, folks. And as a result of that, Triple H defeated Randy Orton to capture the World Heavyweight title at Unforgiven Pay-Per-View in Portland, Oregon. I remember that. That was one of the first times I went to Portland, I think. Nice town. Uh, In Toronto, another nice town, by the way, uh, 12 years ago. 12 years ago, man. It seemed like yesterday. Uh... Memorable Unforgiven pay-per-view card in Toronto. Uh, Trish Stratus had a retirement match from full-time wrestling, that is. And she defeated in that last match, wink, wink, uh, Lita for the WWE Women's title in Trish's hometown. So it's a great night for the hometown girl. She's a 
one of the best Canadian exports ever. Still ravishing. I said something the other day. I, you know, I'm, I'm not good about the hair thing, but she's got amazing hair. Golly. She should be a hair model or something. She wanted to do something. I don't know. She's just got a lot of talent. Anyway, uh, good night for her in the hometown. Not so good, my friend, for Edge. He lost uh, the WWE title to John Cena in a TLC match. And now, folks, let's look at a couple of birthdays here. My old friend, former broadcast colleague, future Hall of Famer, the advocate of advocates, the newly minted 53-year-old Paul Heyman had a birthday on 9-11. Isn't that something? 9-11. Man, I love Paul, but 9-11 is always going to be about 9-11. But uh, I really have enjoyed my friendship with Paul. We learned a lot from each other. I'd like to think I have from him for sure. When others in WCW thought that he was a pest and a pain in the ass to work with, I made him my partner, which everybody thought was crazy. And the booking committee was not, not real high on that decision, but they had no better ideas. They got problem identify and grumble and bitch and moan, <coughs> Connie, but they could not, uh, they didn't have any better ideas. I thought it was a no brainer. So I, I've always appreciated my friendship with Paul. And I do believe that there will be a day when we do something either on stage together or on TV together. The chemistry is too good. It's natural. It's, it's a uh, combustible. It's just damn fun to share somewhere down the road. We're going to do that. I just got to believe that. And maybe it's just my wishful thinking, but I think it'll happen someday. Uh, other birthdays, uh, road warrior animal, Joe Laurinaitis, 58 this week. Uh, I got, this is funny. I, I, Raphael wrote this down. Constable Corbin is 34. <laughs> oh, what a gimmick. Constable Corbin. Well, what, what do you call those things? Alliterations or something? When you, two C's start the deal? I don't know. That's big in WWE, the, the you know Constable Corbin type names. The lovely Angelina Love. I follow Angelina on Facebook. And and one of the reasons that she has, uh, you know, always has new pictures She's extremely photogenic, very talented, but uh, her little boy is uh, adorable. And she shares his uh, smiles and his bright eyes on Facebook, and uh, uh, I always enjoy seeing that. Angelina is 37. Gosh almighty. I just gave away some ties that were 37 years old. Uh, the late Mad Dog by Sean would have been 89 on Friday. Toughest man ever out of Montreal, they say. And, and, and all points in between. Uh, on Saturday, Ring of Honor's Rhett Titus, if that is his real name, is 31. Uh, Phil LaFon, 57, former tag team partner with uh, Doug Furness. The late Adrian Adonis would have been 64. Still a young guy. Teddy Long, WWE Hall of Famer. Teddy Long on Saturday, folks, to be 71 years of age. And I guarantee you, you got to look hard and long to find a better conditioned 71 year old walking the face of the earth. Teddy was just a referee and a gopher. I remember Dusty say in production means, Teddy, Teddy, go get me a Diet Coke. Teddy, 
So Teddy get a, go get a Diet Coke. So Teddy put the ring up. He did every grunt, uh, undesirable gig there was. And I do believe part of it was because he was black. But he wanted to be in the business so badly that he kept enduring. He kept persevering. Kept getting better. Kept developing his skills. And all of a sudden, now he's a Hall of Famer. Good man. I've known Teddy for a long time. We had some fun car rides together, best I recall. The late uh, King Curtis Ikea, 80, would have been 81 on Saturday. Man, he was a legend. What a free spirit. And what a hell of an athlete. Super heavyweight, too. God almighty. Uh, remember the goon, Bill Irwin? He's 64 on Sunday. Happy birthday, Bill. And finally on Monday, ladies and gentlemen, goddamn, I was Jerry Lawler, and Kenny was Jackie Fargo, and that fat bastard broke my nose, and I kicked him in the balls. The wonderful Jim Cornette will be 57 years young on Monday. Isn't it ironic that you got uh, six days apart, arguably two of the all-time, all-time greatest uh, performers, non-wrestling performers, in the history of the world of wrestling, ever, Paul Heyman and Jim Cornette were born six days apart. Something else, huh? Cornette's a little older. But uh, who's counting? I don't. So happy birthday, Cornette. Uh, you look, go, come back, go back on the WWE Network, check out some of our matches that, that you know, Paul and I have a lot of, a lot of good feedback because we did WrestleMania 17 and a lot of real good projects. And we had some good projects in, in, in Atlanta. Paul and I did on the Clash of Champions type stuff. But boy, uh, I had some great outings on TV with Jim Cornette. He is a hell of a, 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 a commentator, hell of a color guy. He can tell stories, embellish stories, and get the message across. One great salesman, no doubt about it. And uh, Cornette'sCollectibles.com, I think, is a good place to stop and visit every now and then. So, Corny, happy birthday, buddy. I love you. And your lovely bride, Stacy. And folks, that's the birthday. So I got the cake. Who's got the candles? You've got mail. Hey, folks, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at JRSBBQ. Uh, my friend Sean Cradle helps me out on Facebook, Jim Ross BBQ. Same for Instagram. Sean does a great job helping me out. He's got my back, and he's always a good dude, very talented uh, wrestling person, personality. He does a lot of good stuff with Dan McDivitt, Maryland Championship Wrestling. One of my favorite uh, independent companies. Uh, good people there. But uh, follow me on Twitter at JRSBBQ. We'll appreciate it. And uh, let's take a look at the mailbag. You know, you can send me mail or questions or whatever at uh, the Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. That's our email here for the show. Uh, questions, suggestions, ideas, uh, observations. We, we take them all. And, and producer Ted will read every single one of them, I promise you. He's very conscientious, and we want to do the best show we can for you. So uh, with that said, uh, the mailbag starts with Chad from Austin, Texas. To anybody from Austin, Texas, I always like to start off, Chad, by being friendly and saying, Boomer Sooner, sir. I can't say hook them horns. Just can't do it. Many thanks. Uh, this is from uh, Chad in Austin. Many thanks uh, for the great programming that has made me a devoted listener. Aha. Uh-huh. I like that term. Let's say that a year from now, Fox is pleased with their deal with WWE, and they will be. Fox decides to offer Vince McMahon 75% or substitute any number you deem appropriate of what WWE normally makes during a WrestleMania in exchange for WrestleMania being broadcast live for four hours on Fox. 
Does McMahon pull the trigger? I don't see that ever happening. I don't, I don't think he would do any deal that would cost money. Uh, you know, the pay-per-view dollars. He's trying to build a network and WrestleMania is a key part of that network. It's a key part of the promotion of the network. They get huge. That's their, that's their season. So I, I don't think it would ever, that would happen. Uh, Chad might be wrong. But I, I don't feel that one. Steve in Maryland, speaking of Maryland, Jimmy's famous, baby, best crab cakes in the whole wide world. I'm not kidding you. Uh, hello, JR. My name is Steve from Maryland and I'm a longtime wrestling fan. Your commentary is a part of the reason why I got into wrestling. I am a lifelong WWE fan, but I have recently started getting into new Japan and ring of honor. Do you think Kenny Omega will make the jump to WWE? I'm also a big fan of the bullet club. I don't, I don't, I think that, uh, Kenny jumping WWE has got, is, is very viable. It could happen. It's a matter of negotiation. Everybody automatically assumes that a, he won't want to work as many dates as they will make him work. B he, he likes to have, he likes to have longer matches and handle most of his own creative or at least in, in, influence it by, with his own thoughts that can all be addressed. The money certainly is the, the number one culprit you want to you know, guarantee. Uh, so there's a lot of things in the, in the favor of Kenny going to WWE that can be negotiated and can be figured out. For some reason, I just don't feel that connection right now. I just don't feel that Kenny's a WWE. Uh, he's an artist. He likes to do things in a very unique way. He wants to leave some legacy behind other than the fact that Kenny Omega was a wrestler and got rich. So I don't feel the Kenny to WWE uh, story. But, man, if the numbers are there, it's hard to say that he would never go to WWE. He's no, no spring chicken. Life-changing money could be ahead of him. But right now, today, as I talk about this, I just don't have a feel that Kenny Omega is going to WWE anytime soon. Well, this is a dandy here from Rusty in Boonville, Mississippi. Rusty is a deputy sheriff in Boonville, Mississippi. I listen to you while I patrol. <laughs> That's great. Uh, if you had to put together a big card using the legends from the eighties and nineties in their prime versus current superstars, any promotions, what would it look like? Well, you know, uh, pr producer Ted warned me about this and I did a little thinking on it and I cheated a little bit on the, uh, on one of the submissions, maybe more than that. Uh, but here's my card, my dream card, uh, for, uh, rusty deputy rusty and Boonville. It would include in no particular order, Stone Cold versus Bruiser Brody. That should be a, be a slobber knocker, wouldn't it? Kurt Angle versus Jack Briscoe. Great styles. Styles make matches. Undertaker versus Andre. Hogan versus Strowman. DX versus the Horseman. Uh, and that would probably be my pick of that would be uh, a sixth man. Because I want my next submission would be Flair versus Cody Rhodes. The Nate and Cody. Sounds fun, doesn't it? A Rhodes and a Flair. Uh, Young Bucks versus the Rock and Roll Express. Tag Team Clinic. And uh, finally, Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. 
that would be my my card there, Rusty. And, I, and if I got a beer in me and I sat down and I could do another card in about a minute, that would be unlike this one. Because there's a lot of great potential dream matches. I left a lot of guys that I'd like to see on this card. But those are some ideas for you. I appreciate the question. Nice question. Again, the Jim Ross report at gmail.com for your questions from Adam R. Uh, oh, this is good. Hey, JR, quick suggestion for a JR gimmick shirt. God damn it. We love the gimmick shirts for the Jericho cruise. Here it is. Sauced at sea. Sauced at sea. It's a triple entendre. Barbecue. Booze. Lost. Print the shirt. <laughs> All right, Adam. Thank you. If we st- maybe Raphael will hear this, and or, or my buddies at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Man, I'm so proud of those guys. They had such a wonderful. They sold a half million dollars for the shirts uh, over the All In weekend. Ryan Barkin's got a great crew. They're good people. They're wrestling fans. They give a damn. They fulfill your orders like champs. ProWrestlingTees.com. If you haven't looked at their site, you're going to be shocked and amazed and just fall in love with their selection. And also, there's some uh, JR shirts there, too. Some slobber knocker stuff and things of that nature. Uh, some Mick Foley-oriented uh, Hell in a Cell shirts. That maybe some comments I've made or something. So check that out uh, at uh, com. Todd is in Gretna, Virginia. I'm not a fan of the NXT announcers referring to the Velveteen Dream as the Dream. Because for me, there will only ever be one that should be considered the Dream. And that is the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. So uh, he says he understands it could be an easy reference, but to me, there should be only one dream. I'd like to have your thoughts on it. You know, I'd never thought of that, Todd. I always thought of things like that that were uh, you're putting over the American dream by comparing somebody else who's got great charisma, uniqueness uh, to that, that the original. So I don't, have a big, I don't have a big problem with it. To me, it's an homage to Dusty, and I think that's a pretty good deal. Bob McKenzie. Uh, Bob is in Vancouver. I wonder if he's one of the McKenzie twi- triplets. Uh, I'm dating myself again. Hi, Jim. I'm a young guy like yourself, 66, and I live in Vancouver, Canada. Being from this area and having spent a few years in Calgary, I followed uh, the uh, Stanford uh, Stuart Wrestling uh, for many years to the early to mid-70s. That's uh, Bob doing Stu. My favorite wrestler of all time is Archie the Stomper Goldie. Uh, and who came better known in the U.S. as the Mongolian Stomper. you have any stories? Well, all I can tell you is that Archie was the real deal. He was probably the most cardiovascular conditioned athlete of his generation in wrestling business. Unbelievable, uh, his endurance. One hour Broadway's nothing. He was physical. He laid his stuff in. He was believable. Uh, I've talked to J.J. Dillon about him a few times. J.J. managed him, I think, for a while. But a uh, very special talent. Archie Goldie, one of the great heels and baby faces of all time. So that's the old mailbag for this week, everybody. Remember, you can uh, contribute. And I'd love to hear what you got to say, your questions, at thejimrossreport at gmail.com. And without further ado, let's get to Jason Powell. He has been a frequent guest of mine on our podcast through our journey in the podcast land. And, uh, of course, he's Jason Powell, ProWrestling.net. 
I th- is this the first time you've joined me on our new venture? It is. I, it, it's exciting to be here on Westwood One for the first time. Yeah, it's cool. They're a good company. They're a good company. They they take care of their peoples, uh, as I, I talked about earlier in the show. Um, this one, how are things in the in the land of ProWrestling.net? Things are good, man. Absolutely good. It's uh, you know busy time of year. WWE and everybody else keeping us very busy. And uh, as always, at some point, I can tell you all about the special that I always do whenever I'm going to appear on the Jim Ross Report podcast. But I'll leave that up to you when you want to work what, that. You in. got a good, you got a good deal for my peeps. You know I do. Absolutely. Let's hear it. Ninety nine cents for one month, ad free access to ProWrestling.net. Over a decade now of audio content available. Very simple. Visit pwmembership.net. And all you have to do is enter the coupon code JRSALE18. All one word, JRSALE18. That simple. Well, I bet producer Ted will take advantage of that information on all of our graphics he does so expertly. And I bet he'll be a customer. Now, I happen to already subscribe to ProWrestling.net, and I have for a long, long time since you, right when he first started because Jason used to be a uh, contributor. I'm sure he had a title. Uh, for Pro Wrestling Torch with Wade Keller. And that's where I discovered his writing. And when he started out on his own, I I, I went there as well. So that's a good job, folks. So check it out. One of my go-tos. And, and two of the things I like best are his hit lists on Raw and SmackDown. You know, what was hot, what wasn't. Consensus of the show. Very succinct yet accurate uh, opinions. Uh, of, a, of of the show, a review, if you will. So check all that out. Ninety nine cents, man. That's good. Uh, I'll have to. I'll front producer Ted a part of his Christmas bonus and get that handled. There you go. Hey, it'll take up most of it. Never mind. Uh, this Sunday is Hell in a Cell, as everybody has been hearing and talking about. And on paper, the uh, Hell in a Cell event is uh, looks extremely strong. Uh, and some really intriguing matchups. Uh, my question to you is, knowing the card as you do, and I can certainly review it, we know what we have, and we know there's two Hell in a Cell matches. I think there's two. Uh, but what, sh- what closes the show there, Jason, you think? In your, in your, if you were the booker, what would you close the show with? I'm leaning toward Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. So you have the big prize, Universal Championship, I, normally, I kind of just take the approach of, well, it depends on what they have in mind for the finish. But in this, it's a Hell in a Cell match. So, I mean, it doesn't mean there can't be, as we've learned over the years, outside interference and whatnot. But there's going to be an actual finish. You're not going to get a DQ or something. And so I would think that's what closes the show. I think it'd be a little like the other Hell in a Cell match at Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton. And it'll be fun, but there's nothing really at stake as far as the title is concerned. If it were AJ Styles and Samoa Joe in a Hell in a Cell match, then I think it might be a little tougher to forecast. But I, I'm going Reigns and Strowman. How about you? Yeah, me, um, me too. I think there's just so much of a groundswell on both those talents from the WWE that uh, it would just be appropriate. They're two guys the company wants to continue to build. They're two of the building blocks, and they're both in their mid-30s, so now's the time. You don't you wait now. You're 35, 34, whatever, 36, where those guys are. But in the 30s, you know, you just, you just don't burn any daylight, as old John Wayne would say. So I'm with you on that deal uh, for Roman and Strowman. And then adding Mick Foley to the mix, uh, 
is thought-provoking. What do you think of that? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's kind of random. I wish it had come a little sooner. We heard Braun make one comment about Mick. You know, if he gets in his way, he'll make his old Hell in a Cell injuries look like a paper cut. That was really the only talk of it there was. We didn't get Roman's perspective on it. I mean, it's, it's great to see Mick again. It obviously has that history in Hell in a Cell that you know, we all know so well. But, yeah, it just, I don't, it just kind of came out of left field. I, I don't really, I, I don't know if there's some storyline plan, if it's as simple as they want to use Mick to get heat for Strowman and make you know, and, and make Roman look like you know the nice guy and, and uh, comparison. Uh, how do you see that going? I don't know. I'm, I'm anxious to see. I hope that Mick doesn't allow himself to uh, get so motivated that he he hurts himself. Uh, you know, oh, I can do that bump. I can I can do two of those. You know that kind of deal. Uh, you know, I but it seems it, it, it seems it, almost it, almost inevitable that he's going to get his ass whipped. I would hope not. But what an achievement. I mean, you think about where Mick was physically not all that long ago, hobbling around. You know, he needed the, the I, think, I believe, full hip replacement surgery. Everything that he's been through over the years, the fact that he's actually going to, I assume, get in the ring and go up and down and count, uh, you know, make the three, make the, uh, the, the pinfall counts, he's come a long way health wise. He looks yeah, really he, good. He's lost a lot of weight, which has been, you know, I think he lost about 100 pounds. Hey, he looked great. Yeah, so I'm I'm happy. He's one of my favorites, as you know, and and uh, go back with him a long way. Kind of feel like I've been kind of step for step in the journey. Uh, ironically, uh, I thought this thing was really well timed. Quite frankly, I didn't. With the storytelling being thirty minutes or it's free type drive through mentality, uh, pretty much in all companies, there's very few stories that are long arced. The belief is that today's audience doesn't have the patience to stay hooked on a long-term, long-arcing storyline. I disagree. I say a, a very uh, compelling, unpredictable, sound, fundamental, and logical storyline doesn't have an end date. It, the end date is when you quit being creative and it's not, you're, not, you're no longer able to execute something uh, that is that mature in, in, store, in, in length of start to finish. But I don't believe there's an issue, quite frankly, the audience is staying hooked if it's good stuff. Uh, but I, I think that the, today's world is not, not conditioned to what I am in that regard, old guy like me. I thought announcing the Mick Foley situation, Jason, uh, on Monday night on the go-home Raw, six days from the event, uh, was timely because I don't know that uh, the storytelling arc nowadays is long enough uh, or, or is trusted enough to tell a long-term story. Plus, it was the 20th anniversary week, I believe, or something like that, right? Oh, well, it is the 20th anniversary of Foley uh, uh, and his deal with uh, Undertaker and Hell in a Cell. So I, I, didn't, I didn't, didn't dislike it. Here's the question. How do you not physically utilize Mick Foley if he's booked in the match, especially in the Hell in a Cell? How would you explain your way out of that? In terms of just not having him do anything physically? Yeah, I, you know I think you can. I I would hope he's not going to do much. You know, if it's something simple, I, I mean, it, it's it sounds bad, but if it's a, a a pile driver, that's better than watching Mick Foley take some big dramatic bump. I I, I just don't think people really want to see that anymore. So I, I think, think you can have Strowman tease the physicality and have Roman cut him off a few times, something like I, that. 
a, a look, a well-sold series of punches is sufficient. Sure. Body shots that look like they're debilitating. He's cracking his ribs. He's busting his sternum. He's breaking him in half, literally, with those body shots from Strowman uh, is, is, uh, would sell perfectly. So what I'm saying is he doesn't have to take any big flat back bumps to make this work. Right. Be, be strategic in what you do. It's all about the damned execution, quite frankly. You know what's funny about this match is that uh, Strowman feels a little bit like Becky Lynch. I think Strowman is a baby face. And uh, the, I think the, a lot of the crowd would love to cheer him as a baby face on a consistent basis. Uh, and I think that they, they would love to cheer Becky Lynch, even though it seems as if creative there is still trying to position her as an antagonist, as a villain. And I don't know that people are buying that. What's your thoughts on that topic? No, they're not. You know, what happened to this being the company that listened to their fans? You know, they always used to, they, they couldn't wait to tell us that. They, they listened to the fan base. They have so many people miscast right now, whether it's fan reaction, as the, the two you mentioned, Becky and Braun. I mean, Braun was right there with Seth. I mean, neck and neck for best reactions as a babyface. And with him, I think it all goes into the, the obsession with making everyone love Roman Reigns. Um, but there, I just look at Raw and I see, and, and it looks like they may be doing something with Bobby Roode. He's a, he's a better heel than he is a babyface. Lashley's a better heel than he is a babyface. I was really hoping they were going to flip Kevin Owens to a babyface. You know, after that, that one week where he quit and then he returned and all of a sudden he's buddies with, like, I don't know, but buddies, but he's helping Braun Strowman now, the guy who was tormenting him. It's, you know, you, you mentioned. The the idea that there's not they don't, they don't feel like the, the fans have the discipline for long term storylines. Take a look at what you know they were they were patting themselves on the back about being nominated for best show in those E awards, the People's Choice Awards. Look at the other shows in that they're nominated along with that Raw is long term storylines. Television has changed dramatically. You know this isn't. You know, the 80s where you're competing with the A-team and everything's wrapped up in an hour. So much of your good quality television, Jim, as I know you, you know very well, is long storylines. And I think, I think the audience is losing patience for the simplicity that, that WWE often delivers, or it, especially when it comes to the big storyline gaps, the holes. There's just so much. There, there, it's, just, it's a mess right now watching on Monday nights. I enjoy SmackDown. Raw has really taken a turn for the worse. Well, that was a question I was going to ask you. Uh, a lot of people believe that SmackDown uh, is usually, or consistently, maybe better said, the better television broadcast than is Monday Night Raw. Now, it's easy to say, well, that's because of the extra hour of Raw versus SmackDown. And there's obviously something to that. But there's got to be other things that, that make the perception that SmackDown is better than Raw. What in your mind are they? Well, when you, I think you kind of need to break it into two parts and look at each show a little bit. I'll start with Raw. It, the third hour is, you know, it, it's not going away. So it is what it is. But, yeah, that doesn't help. But Raw right now, it's just chaotic. You're trying. And SmackDown has some of these responsibilities. I think Triple H and Undertaker and Sean have done a really good job of setting up the, the the showdown event or the the super showdown, um, mm-hmm. it, but 
it's still you're you're taking you're, they're just throwing too much at viewers. The Super Showdown, May Young Classic. Um, I mean, just the list goes on. All these different pay-per-view events, all these different things, and it really starts to wear on you watching Raw. Like which show is on, you know, which match is on which show again, that kind of thing. And then so much of the focus right now is on the Shield, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. I don't like a lot of those guys. But do I really need every men's title tied up in that storyline? Do I really need to see the Shield come out and beat up basically every other heel on the roster? So that, is, I think, is an issue. On SmackDown, looking at it more positively, they're telling good stories. You know, the AJ and Joe story was a bit of a mess going into SummerSlam. I wasn't quite sold on it yet, but they stuck with it, with Joe tormenting AJ by making it personal, going after his family. And it's worked. You know, it took some time to get there that long-term storytelling, and, yeah. and it's working. It's just they make good use of the two hours that they have. There's rarely a week where I feel like, oh, this was just a phoned-in episode. We're on Raw. I don't know if it's a phoned-in episode, but there are plenty of times where it feels that way just because content-wise, it's, it's just not up to the quality of SmackDown. Yeah, I, I just read the uh, I read the uh, you know the stuff online, like a lot of us, Twitter, uh, you know, Jason's company, Jason Forrest.net's on Twitter. What's your, what's your correct Twitter handle? At Pro Wrestling Net. Leave the dot out of that one. At Pro Wrestling Net. There you go. Follow Jason on Twitter at Pro Wrestling Net. And you'll see those uh, 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 those lists, those com- com- succinct, albeit very uh, comprehensive lists of uh, the Monday Night Raw show and the SmackDown show. And I find them very uh, enlightening. So check them out. And of course, I'm at JR's BBQ, uh, but people just believe. It seems like they there's almost not a consensus. I don't know how you'd measure it, Jason, but it seems that's different. I hear when I read comments about Raw and SmackDown in the same sentence, same topic, that SmackDown is always seemingly getting a more favorable uh, reaction and response. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the journey of the thoughts on the SmackDown. Uh, is better than Raw. Now, now you got Renee Young on Raw. Coachman's off. Coachman's mm-hmm. going to the pregame show, as we mentioned. Renee's the third person in the booth. I think she's done a great job uh, based on her background, based on her experience level, because the, it's inevitable that she's a very bright and very talented woman who will be our guest here next week, celebrating her birthday next Wednesday when her show drops. Uh, but it's a challenging deal, man. I can tell you from being a Men, when two men booths are perfect on Raw when I was working with Heyman and Lawler, uh, in my view, as far as a broadcaster is concerned. I don't, that's, that's not, I don't know what the viewers thought, but I thought it was a smooth deal. Three's hard, man. So she's got a challenge ahead of her, but she's really, really smart. So I'm thinking she's probably going to accelerate her learning curve and acquire more product knowledge and more of the succinctness and the cohesiveness it takes to make a three-man team work. And I think she'll put more effort into it than a lot of men would, just to be cut to the chase. Yeah, I, I think Coach came in behind. He, he, you know, it seemed like he was familiar with some of the product, but not everything. And he was at, there were times when he just kind of asked the wrong question, where you knew Vince or whoever was producing his backstage fuming, um, because they, you know, that's, it's just not what they would want him to do. Renee is obviously plugged in. And I, I think the only flaw that I've seen so far, and it might not be her doing, it might be the way she's being produced, 
I think it was Finn Balor on Monday when he won his match. She started cheerleading. She was openly cheering that he won. That's that's not what I want from even the color comment. Like, if a heel does it for another heel, okay, but I hope that's not the direction they're going in with Renee because she does come off, you know, in that backstage interviewer position that she's held for so long and, and done such a good job with. Yeah, I mean, she may dislike the heels, but she came off as like, almost a, like a credible journalist. And, mm-hmm. and I hope they kind of carry that over. But I think it's a, it's a really good move. I do, too. I do, too. I'm happy for her. And, uh, and quite frankly, Coach will do a better job uh, in his new role. I think he'll be more comfortable in it because, I th- my personal opinion, he's better in those roles, uh, the panel discussions, directing traffic, you know, setting up packages asking the right questions uh, than he is doing color uh, during the show. It's just a timing thing, I, I believe. So it's just – and it's not easy. You know, all, there's, a, there's a precedent there in the WWE where we've had uh, – the company's had a lot of really good color broadcasters. Ventura, Heenan, you know, Lawler, Heyman, God. And so then I read online, it's – well – Corey Graves is the next Jim Ross or something. Well, first of all, he and I have different roles. Right. I hope he far exceeds what I've ever done. But if you're going to compare him to, the, to broadcasters in WWE, he's got to he's got to exceed in some people's mind. Ventura and Heenan, and Lawler and Heyman. Is he is he good enough to fit in that conversation? I think he will be without a doubt. But. Uh, he's a key member of that whole presentation because he's the only guy in the company on both shows, right? Right. So how do you think he's done, and how how does that di- – they need to click really hot, really fast on Raw, and they can do a lot to help their storylines and make their show more compelling, considering that we did discuss it's a three-hour show. So I'm, I'm just thinking uh, Corey Graves is a, is a very viable uh, component, a piece of the puzzle. To, to complete this broadcast restoration, so to speak. Absolutely. Yeah, Corey is really good at what he does. Um, I, it, It's tough. He's overexposed. I mean, five hours of weekly television. Too much. It, it is. Yeah, I wish they'd kind of pick a spot for him and take a chance on somebody else doing kind of a, you know, it's taking a similar approach. The, I'd like to see him be a bit more heelish at times, but I think for, you know, modern-day WWE and what they want of their broadcast team members, you know, he, there's a reason he's calling both shows, and he's calling the entire pay-per-view. He's the best that they have. I think Corey is really good. Um, do you think they lose anything? Because part of his shtick on Raw has, be, has been being combative with Booker T and then Jonathan Coachman, I don't, and maybe it'll develop in time, but I, I almost wonder if it's kind of pull back, it's Renee, don't go there. Does he lose something by not taking that approach like he does even with Byron, uh, Byron Saxon on SmackDown? I think tone and, and uh, inflection when a man is talking to a woman on television, especially live television, has got to be uh, uh, done judiciously. Yeah. So if he sounds like he's threatening, verbally threatening, uh, you know, on a more bass in his voice, et cetera, et cetera, are not going to play well. Uh, so I think there is an issue there in that regard. doesn't mean he can't be compelling, and he is. It could be entertaining. Uh, and, you know, maybe he asks more questions than he does de- declarative statements to, uh, to Renee. Uh, but in the same thing, Renee's got to be able to stand up for herself. And when she's, she believes on a point, 
And it's all within the guise of, of the storytelling. She needs to have the courage also to, to be not dainty, reserved, ladylike, because that's not the role at that point in time. Right. You got to right. assert yourself. So that's kind of what I think. I think the it's an issue, but not a major issue. Uh, and the other thing, the other dog in the hunt here that's not in the play right now. It's going to be who does Fo- who does Fox want? Do you think that's not going to be an issue? That's a very interesting a, question. Playing over a billion dollars and for the brand prime time on Big Fox. Let me tell you something, man. That's just been kind of skimmed over. The only thing talk, people talk about that is is a billion dollars. They didn't think I haven't heard anybody talk intelligently about what that means and what kind of footprint that establishes. They're going to do NFL football on Thursday, SmackDown on Friday, college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. That's a Thursday through Sunday powerhouse, and the value of the promos that WWE SmackDown Live will be receiving within those football broadcasts as a part of the weekend package for, you know, guys television type thing is going to be, uh, uh it's going to be unbelievably, uh, uh, asset, almost a, can't count the dollars, the brand building. And they mentioned WWE and they mentioned SmackDown, all these high, these big stations and the, these high, high uh, viewership of, of the target demographic. How much better can it be? So I, I, they may say, well, here's who we want. We want, and I, I know that it could be a discussion, but, uh, you know, what, what if, uh, what if Fox insists on having Corey Grace? So then WWE being a good partner as they've always been, they're going to say, okay, you take, we'll, we'll get Corey Grace over there and we'll, we'll find a, another person for SmackDown or for raw. And, and then, the you know, Jim, I mean, USA network's paying an awful lot of money too. What if they also want him? They haven't had to worry about things like that in a while because they've been, you know, longtime partners with US USA. There could be a little headbutting that goes on. Could be. I, I think it probably doesn't matter just sitting down and discussing things, but uh, and not being acrimonious. I don't see that happening. But I think what they're going to, I think what you're looking at is that Monday Night Raw is so uh, Monday Night Raw's brand name, this, the the brand, the tradition, the Monday Night tradition is just. Uh, uh, amazing! I can't tell you. I run somebody every single day. If I'm at a grocery store or the cleaners or wherever, uh, that say something about you know raw the uh, mission raw. I haven't watched it a few years, but whatever. Blah blah blah. But you can tell they they have mem- they have good memories of Monday Night Raw, right? And I think that's going to have to be pr- protected and up- uplifted. Uh, so it's just going to be interesting to see how it goes because you do have that you have a very unique dichotomy between Smack uh, SmackDown and Raw. And artistically, and now soon to be on different networks. Got to have uniqueness. Got to have some exclusivity. It's good for both brands to have total exclusivity. I don't need to hear any announcers on Raw and then hear them again in any form. One guy, two guys, or none. I don't want to hear none. No duplicity at all. Unique teams for both brands. That's what I think is uh, good. And I think Corey Graves is so good, he is the best in the camp, that... uh, you know, they just want to make sure that they're providing that best product that they can. But those days are soon to come to an end because you're separating your teams. You're moving, you're moving brands. You're moving to different, different neighborhood. You're moving from New York City to Los Angeles for that show. It's going to be interesting as time comes up, no doubt. Do you anticipate Fox getting involved on a production level? 
And look, I mean, WWE does a phenomenal job with their production. But hey, when Any creative. Well, it's just from production in terms of when they took when they brought UFC on board, the look kind of changed. You know, they had some different things that they did for for that. So, do you anticipate them being a little more hands on? I doubt ahead? it. Really? Okay, I, just leave it to yeah. WWE. Well, they, yeah, when they they, they they shoot a beautiful show, it's it's uh, you know it's it's a uh, it's it's a great look. They do and they do. Think of their live TV they did during WrestleMania weekend and how good it was. Oh sure, I mean, I'm not saying reinvent. No, no. What would you? I don't know what you. you well, hey, we think the lights might be over here because we put a spotlight over there. Aesthetic things could be certainly discussed as they should be. Quite frankly, to yeah. keep your product fresh. But overall, I don't know how you improve on the production ex, uh, technique and execution than they already have. Really good stuff. But I it's a good question. Get a new set. All of. It. I mean, I, I just expect. Possible. Sure, that's yeah. possible. Why not? You, you want to start new? I'd start new. Fresh. That's going to be an exciting time. Well, yeah, it's good for wrestling. Said it many times here on this show. No better time to be a wrestling fan. Hey, quickly, uh, what do you think of All In? People are still uh, the remnants of uh, the buzz that created, still kind of perpetuating. Uh, I was there. I saw the last three matches on Saturday night. Uh, uh, and something I never thought I'd see before. I was in Conrad's suite, and there was no food. Now, you no. know Conrad and I are both the jovial, chubby boys that like to eat. No food. You're kidding those, me. Those savages uh, cleaned it out before I got there. There was there was food. Those uh, hell, those ref scallions or whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, and then I had and then Saturday Sunday I did did some stuff and uh, well last week's podcast came from there. We had uh, Ray Mysterio and the NWA champ Cody Rhodes on. So I had a I had a blast, you know. Uh, but I I I got cr- criticized by some idiot uh, for saying I thought the show was. You can't allow your main event to be cut short that short. Right. From a production standpoint. That's a not a I didn't gut and quarter anybody. That's happened to WWE more than once. Many times. It happens on live television more often than you believe. But I thought that they had a hell of a production, a great event, and I, I'd like to be a bigger part of the next one, quite frankly. But what were your thoughts on it? Well, and for the person who told you that, you don't think you know the Bucks are disappointed that it played out that way. I mean, come on, you know, I, I don't know how you can say it. You know, it wasn't an issue. I, I'm sure Cody and the Bucks would be the first to tell you that it was. I I enjoyed All In. Um, I you know it to me the, the the thing that I'm paying close attention to now is what that number they delivered for WGN America does. Does it, because, I mean, we, the future is so unknown when it comes to Cody and the Bucks and Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. They've said, they've said they're all sticking together, and obviously that's something to watch, too. But does that mean they all keep doing what they're doing? Do they branch out on their own? Do they all sign with WWE? Who knows? But, but it, it, just because of the fact that it was Labor Day weekend, it got the, the the show got no love from WGN that I saw going in. It wasn't like they were advertising the zero-hour special on the Cubs games or anything. And it still drew just under 200,000 viewers on a Saturday afternoon, in my neck of the woods anyway, on a Labor Day weekend. That's really good. So does that open WGN America up to going, hey, we need to do more with the pro wrestling business? You know, they were in the game once with WWE, but does that open the door for... Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, 
Cody and the Bucks to do their own thing. You know, who knows? I, I think that's uh, so. The, the, the event itself was was really fun. I think for the the crowd they were playing to, they delivered a great show. And uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Jim, if we get an all in too. Oh, I would think. Uh, to me, it's a no brainer. You got to do another one, I, but I think it should be a year away. May, well, or but maybe can it t- be? T- Pardon me. Can it be? I mean, that because all those deals are up. I mean, you're the former head of talent relations. Do you think this is like is Vince McMahon or, or Triple H? Are they going to go all in, for lack of a better term, uh, to bring those guys in? Not entirely to make sure there's not an all in too, oh. but just because they're so damn talented. I think a lot of people just are, are uh, assuming. You know, I, somebody asked me on I was on Busted Open Radio on Sirius XM with uh, Dave LaGreca and Bubba Dudley a few few days ago. Last week when I was up there, everybody's got to protect their content. There's big money to be paid. I don't think that when I said that I didn't think that Cody and the Bucks would be uh, in the same contractual status in April of 2019 that they are in now, uh, I meant it. Right. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of money out there. There's more. They could they they could have a look. When you get a hot talent, if I'm negotiating with a hot talent. And I sit down with Vince and we talk about the, where we can go money-wise, where do we want to stay in this range, et cetera, et cetera. But the other thing I would talk to him about is how much flexibility do we have in this talent's uh, days? How many, how many days can we uh, make him, ha- him or her happy by contracting? So you, there's something you talk about. Some talents, I'll tell you, now until they get past their prime and they're no longer working there and they're not making a lot of money and they didn't save a lot of money, then they would tell you that they're on the road their entire life and they ruin their family and they got all these bad habits by being away from home. They didn't say a damn word about it because other guys will go to you and say, I don't want any time off. I want to work. I want to work. And so uh, I, I think that all that off time issues can be addressed very easily, very, very easily. And the money is going to be there that is not anywhere else unless – a new player starts in the starts the game. Exactly. And I am not going to tell you that if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm looking at different things, content, content is king. There's no better time to be a speculative wrestling person if you had the right staff, the right TV outlet. It's all about talent and television. I'm just saying when I said, well, I don't think they'll be there, I didn't have any – Meaning of saying they'll be in WWE, they won't be there. I don't know if that's even, I wouldn't even on my mind. I think there are going to be other players involved. There's other ways you can package deals, whether it be Ring of Honor, New Japan, uh, sweetening the merchandise deals, what have you. But the thing about going to WWE and the merchandise, they have bought their last t shirt. They ain't got to front no money. They haven't got to warehouse it. They got to ship it. They got to do the order fulfillment. You're out of that business. It's beautiful. And you don't have all that money uh, in play on inventory and things of that nature. But then on the and, yes, side. you make less of a percentage, but, boy, the pie is a bigger piece of pie. That's what I'm saying. Everybody but, wants yeah, a piece yeah, of pie. I wasn't going to go there. I was going to say on the flip side, though, you do give up that creativity, you know, that creative control that the guys seem to covet. So, you know, definitely uh, pros and cons on both sides. I mean, if, if it's strictly a money deal, I would think WWE – 
But who knows? And I mean, Kenny Omega is one of one of. It seems like he's at least created the perception, and I believe it's real that he's one of those very artistic guys. That yeah, really he is. matters to him. You know, so I, man, it's uh, that's going to be such an interesting story to watch. Do you? I mean, how much knowing Vince McMahon? How aware of all this do you feel like he is? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he knows that there was an all-in. I'm not questioning that. But do you think he looks at this as, yeah, we need to get these guys. Let, let's really make a play. Or is it you know, it just WWE is reigning supreme with the Fox deal and, and the stock and everything that it's just you know kind of not even a blip on the radar? I don't think it's a big blip. Any of the talent, a big blip in yeah. the bigger, bigger picture. But I certainly would have every reason to believe that he's aware of uh, you know, Cody, for God's sakes, uh, started there and uh, is part of the family in, in one way and will always be, thanks to his dad and his brother. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the Bucks are arguably the best tag team in the world. They have a great following. They have a great, they have a great game plan. They have great strategy. A great, you know, they're just synergy is wonderful. So I'm sure he's aware. Has he, has he probably sat down and watched some of their matches from start to finish? I doubt it. I doubt it very seriously. But I'm sure he's aware of them. Uh, and, but here's the deal. He doesn't have to be keenly aware of everything they do. He's got people that do that, like Triple H. Very true, yeah. And all that staff. they got a massive talent relations staff there. It was, it's so It's ten times bigger than it was when I was there. So they have a lot of uh, feet on the ground. There's absolutely no reason any of these talents should slip through the cracks. None. None. And and Vince also knows the same thing I mentioned earlier. It's his statement. I just believe in it. Wrestling is always about talent and television. One without the other don't work. So uh, that's why he created his own network. But it's nice to make those million-dollar billion deals. That's a pretty damn healthy piece of change, man. So, But I, I think those kids are... They're just too valuable a piece of uh, talent. And I also think that I'm going to tell you that I believe that in 2019, there'll be other players coming into the wrestling space. And it's going to be probably, I think it's going to be very opportune because if they have a television component in their hand, you can damn sure find good talent that you can handpick and create an exciting brand of, uh, of wrestling. And and athletically oriented and physical things of that and the things that are compelling, uh, good storytelling, et cetera, et cetera. But the I, I just think that 2019 the climate is too good, economy wise. You know, Ring of Honor should be strong number two and threatening uh, to do much better. But I don't see I don't see how they maximize their your, their network. I'm not I, I'm not you know the national overlay would be good. I know they're on the fight app. But uh, I don't. I think that's kind of an un. I think they got they got room to grow there in a big, big way. And I, but I don't know if Sinclair is going to make ever make that commitment. Have you heard? I you know there were a lot of rumblings that if the merger, the acquisition of WGN went through, ROH was going to benefit in the form of a you know weekly television series on there. And you know I mean it's big business right now. Everything looks ugly between those two sides. Who knows what's going to happen there? But I, I worry about Ring of Honor more than most people do. I think people kind of look at, well, man, they're running MSG, and they've got this partnership with New Japan, Cody, the Bucks. What if Cody and the Bucks don't do future business with Ring of Honor? Okay, you still have the New Japan deal. 
Well, what if New Japan says, hey, we're, we're venturing out on our own? You know, thanks, but, uh, you know, we, we feel like we can do more without you in the U.S. What are you left with? It, it, it doesn't kill the company, but it certainly halts their, the, 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 I would say, the, the, the current trajectory. I mean, they seem to be trending upward. So 2019 is a huge year for Ring of Honor. I mean, who, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows who's going to be at that MSG event? And who knows who's going to be there afterward? Great questions. Time will tell, right? Yeah. That's all you can do there. Time will tell. It's about as exciting as the uh, uh, New Day versus Rusev Day tag match. <laughs> it's a Pancakes day. It's for a, everyone. It's, it's a day match. Yeah, it's a day match. Uh, I'm being wise-ass. It's, it's just fine. Uh, so Sunday, interesting card. Uh, a couple of uh, really well-booked uh, women's matches. One quick, one quick question here: uh, If you're, you know, in the competitive event, who who goes on first or second? More more importantly, who's closer to the main event part of the card, Charlotte and Becky or Rousey and Bliss? I got to think Ronda, just because of the star power factor there. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a tough call because it's those matches. I, I'm more excited about Charlotte and Becky. Just, it, to me, it doesn't seem like the outcome is as certain. Where you know, just Alexa, they're kind of scrambling, trying to come up with something. Ronda has a rib injury. I, I think most fans just look at that as a foregone conclusion. But you also don't, I mean, may, maybe you can speak to this, Jim, where do you worry if you have her lower on the card that it's going to diminish her star power a little bit, make her seem like she's a, not as big of a deal as she obviously is? Not good positioning, no. You, okay. you, you got you to put her out there and put her up on the card. Uh, and, and monetize that huge investment. Are, who's getting paid the most money, do you think, Rhonda? Right. Yeah, right? of course. Of course. So it's a business, man, it's, and it's show business. So and she's got show business to sizzle. Now, somebody, somebody's going to say, yes, but JR, the Charlotte-Becky uh, Lynch match, you've been touting Becky Lynch for weeks on your show because you fell in love with her cheekbones, thinking she's a young Maureen O'Hara and uh, you know off, off the set of The Quiet Man. You know, the deal is, is that, uh, the Charlotte and uh, Becky match more than likely stands a chance of being the best female involved match of the night because of the, the personal issue, the title is at stake, uh, the, the, the story, the long arc of that relationship and how it's evolved and imploded. And now it's been reconstructed in this very much acrimonious situation, uh, so it'll, uh, you can't go wrong with either, but I think that for texture investment, and you are a businessman, you do what you suggested, and you put Rousey on uh, later in the card with Alexa. And by the way, Alexa Bliss is not just an afterthought in this match. She's about as good as anybody they got of, their, of her gender or, or, or the other gender, I can tell you. At least that's my opinion. Oh, from a personality standpoint, she's phenomenal. And... I think, you know, she's become passable in the ring. The tough part is, is with her and Ronda, I, I just, it's, it, and it's a, a problem that most women are going to have against Ronda, just the believability factor. Do you buy in, and especially coming off that match where it was all Ronda, it, it was, she was just so, it was just such a decisive win for her. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't. I, I mean, I get it. You want to make Ronda look in her title win like, you know, she's, what she is, you know, the, the, what they bill her as, the baddest woman on the planet. 
But at the same time, you're coming right back and you're trying to sell fans on seeing that match again. At least now you have the rib injury, so there's an excuse for Alexa to get a little bit of offense, I would hope. Yeah, you, gotta, you should never allow uh, book a match where you're, for both parties are unable to sell. Right. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's almost comical to think. But in any event, I think it'll be a good show on Sunday night. I'm looking forward to it. The WWE Network It's a good value at nine ninety nine. I can tell you that. Uh, I've had a fun time going back and seeing some old work that I've done over the years that I never saw, uh, after I did it originally, which is kind of weird, but back in those, in the early uh, WCW days and certainly all the mid South days, you know, we didn't get little DVDs or nothing. We it was just, you had to get it. You had to run a beta or a or VHS tape. Sure. Yeah. And so just too much trouble. So a lot of that stuff I've never seen, but. At any event, uh, there's great value of the network. Uh, check that out. And, and Jason, tell us about your 99 cent deal again. This is for our, our viewers. You got to put a code in, but it's 99 cents, folks, for everything uh, with no ad in, no ad involvement. Clean. Tell us about that. Absolutely, ad free version of ProWrestling.net. Over a decade of audio content. Sunday's pay per view covered in audio form afterward. We do that for all the major television shows. Just use the coupon code JRSale18, all one word, JRSale18, when you visit PWmembership.net. And also, if you would, check out my Pro Wrestling Boom podcast, B O O M. I think I gave an extra O there. But uh, Pro Wrestling Boom podcast, do a search for Pro Wrestling Boom in Apple Podcasts. It's available on. Google Podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, the list goes on and on. Pretty much anywhere you get your podcast if you have an iPhone or an Android device. Again, it's it's the Pro Wrestling Boom Podcast with Jason Powell. There you go, folks. I, I highly recommend uh, both those services. And Jason, I want to thank you for joining us today. Busy week for all of us, I know, especially uh, those of you that uh, have a wrestling job. <laughs> and and I uh, I'm appreciate the time you took today and I always enjoy talking to you. It's always a pleasure, and I'm always grateful for the opportunity, Jim. Thank you. You bet, buddy. Talk to you soon. Take care, Jim. One of the sharp guys, objective guys in the business, in the wrestling media facet of the world, Jason Powell does a good job here. I always enjoy having him back. His first visit back since we moved to the mighty Westwood One. Uh, remember those five-star reviews we, we, we beg you for? <laughs> Those five-star reviews we'd love for you to give us. Our goal that producer Ted created is 1,500 five-star ratings by the end of the year. Now, the good news is, as my phone is beeping, is the fact that uh, we only need 213. How about that? What are you thinking of me now? Dan Neal, 666, says, Awesome podcast. Really enjoyed JR's take on all things wrestling. Keep it going. The UK loves you. And I can tell you this. I love the UK. Never had a bad trip to the UK. Ever. 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 And I got to get back to uh, back to quiet man territory. I got to get to Ireland. Things I want to do, right? Travel more. Good Lord. What's wrong with me? Uh, Jetty Marcus says, Jim Ross is a veteran of this business. I am. One of the great minds in pro wrestling. I don't know about that, but thank you. One of the best podcasts available, I agree. Highly recommend. Thank you, Jedi. Jedi Marcus, if that is your real name. Maverick9412 says, JR's new format is very refreshing. Uh, 
especially when having guests or reviewing a pay-per-view. And today you got all that. Well, kind of all of you got a review, preview, rather. I'm glad to be listening every week, as are we, Maverick. Thank you for doing that. Remember, folks, subscribe to our show free. It doesn't cost you a damn thing. But we need you to subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however you listen to Slobberknocker Audio, such as this, ladies and gents. And don't forget now that five-star rating and little review is very much needed and appreciated. So uh, I mentioned this earlier in the show about the Westwood One podcast app. You know, it's it's that's why I was I was talking about the podcast app and Westwood One Wrestling Podcast last week in New York at the Upfronts uh, with all the big stars from Westwood One, and our presentation was well received, and I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, but they got a great, uh, really a great uh, site uh, that I think you love. The app is wonderful. It includes uh, our show, uh, includes uh, Connie and Eric's. Uh, 83 weeks. Talk is Jericho. Uh, my friend uh, Stacy Parr, who was in town last week with her better half and, 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 uh, and others in their traveling party, came to the UCLA at Oklahoma game. Had them drop by my house after the game and after a little on Sunday. So uh, enjoyed that. But uh, she produces the Talk is Jericho show, is what I'm saying. Uh, keeping it 100 with Conan, you know, I've said, I said this many times. It gets sound like an old book. One of the sharpest minds in wrestling. He's also funny, and he's also can be very poignant. Uh, keeping it 100 with Conan. Carlos is a smart dude. Uh, the Raven Effect. Uh, Scott Levy is a unique cat. Take a look at his picture. Google him. Uh, he's got, and he's very, very intelligent, and he's out there. So all that, so much more. Just search Westwood One Podcast in the app or in Google Play Store today. It's free. Uh, I love mine. I get, get right to my podcast very quickly. And the, the brand continues to grow. And I would not be surprised that someday in the rather near future, there'll be some other announcements made about who's joining our team uh, because it's the, place, it's the team to play on. So, uh Check that out if you can. Remember Twitter at JRSBBQ. Facebook and Instagram is Jim Ross Barbecue. Uh, um, Pro Wrestling Tees, I talked about them. I can't tell you how much I respect their company and Ryan and what he's building there. He's a great entrepreneur. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Jim Ross will get you to my little part of the world there. But they got some great shirts. They're wonderful artists. And a lot, they represent so many wrestlers that depend on this income from the sale of their, of their merch through pro wrestling tees to help them make ends meet. So it's a, it's not just a throwaway mention here, I'm trying to help the business, help the boys and the girls, uh, you know, make the money they need to make to stay on the damn road. And of course, www.shop.com has all of our products, our, our beef jerky. Uh, they've got two barbecue sauces, chipotle ketchup, jalapeno, honey mustard. Uh, and so check them out. They do a great job in North America processing your orders and getting on the getting on the way to you, www.shop.com. And then, as we said earlier, closing it up here today, next week, Renee Young's going to be with us. Uh, our show drops every Wednesday, and next week uh, on Wednesday will be her birthday. So we will record her interview on her birthday, which I really appreciate her time to do that. She is a class act. She got a well-deserved promotion to the desk of Monday Night Raw. I cannot tell you how much that meant to me in my career to be at the desk on Monday Night Raw. 
it's still a very, a very, I'm very emotionally attached to the brand. I'm very fiercely loyal to that brand of, of the raw brand. Not that I don't like SmackDown, but look, I broke my teeth, cut my teeth. I should say, I might've broken a tooth or two. I'm not sure. Uh, with Vince and King out there, the three men thing. And it just was a big thing for me. And it still is. So I'm going to talk to her about that. And uh, I'm so proud of her that she's got this opportunity. And let me tell you something, as I said to Jason, Renee Young's the kind of talent that will get better and better because she's going to strive to be the best at the, at the table. I'm not so sure that a lot of men, uh, I don't feel it anyway, have the same drive and that they want to, they work their ass off to be the best at the table. It's not about getting your stuff in. It's about being, getting talent over and stories over. And she's too cerebral not to learn all those little skills. And I'm going to have a blast talking to her next week. And again, if you got questions for Renee, you know, you know their email, right? The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Have at it. Let's see, see how you react to that. Now, Producer Ted will give me the best questions, and we'll we'll try to get them answered. So uh, there's that. I'll be home this weekend. I'm going to watch uh, my team. My Sooners are going to be in Ames, Iowa, playing the Iowa State Cyclones, who kicked our ass last year in Norman. Wasn't a good night for OJR, I can promise you. Uh, and so the team's going up there to try to rebound and uh, kick some ass in their place, go into their house, open a can of whoop-ass, and walk it dry or something like that. <laughs> so uh, good weekend of football for me. I've been home a few days enjoying my outdoor kitchen. I might even, uh, probably send a couple of videos out this week, so uh, I'm going to try to get more into the video uh, production. Producer Ted's encouraging me to do a few things there, and, of course, uh, Tim Savian's always got an idea, right? So we're going to do some, by, God, by the way, Tim Savian's the guy that put Howard Stern, worked for Howard Stern as a senior VP for 20 years. Now he's helping me. What do you think? I just need my own Baba Booey. Maybe it's Ted. Could be Raphael. You never know. I just do this. I, I am grateful for your support. I appreciate you downloading our show, listening every week, tell a friend about us. Uh, whatever you do, folks, do something nice for somebody that's not expecting it. Doing nice things, I promise you, I swear to God, will make you feel better. And don't take tomorrow for granted, because our tomorrows are never guaranteed. I'm jumping in that black truck. I'm heading back down I-35 South from the Cat in Oklahoma City. Heading back to Norman. So until next week, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying thank you so much. So long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. This week on Westwood One's Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon, former Judas Priest guitarist K.K. Downing talks about his new book and his time in the band. Ian McDonald of King Crimson Foreigner fame. And we end with Pumpkins United. Andy Darris of the band Halloween. Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.